as we well know, when we go back to the book of beginnings, in the book of uh, Genesis, we know that Genesis means origin and beginning. The book of Genesis. And we also know that the book of Genesis is about beginnings. And in that book of Genesis, God lays the groundwork for the entirety of all of the rest of Scripture. But while we are here in this earth, people of God, we have to be obedient and attentive to the things that God wants us to do. Amen, people of God. Amen. Amen. Now, after we leave this earth, then we've got it made. But in the meantime, we have to be obedient and be diligent when it comes to the things of God. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 19. We will look at that particular scripture in the King James message. Title of the message on this morning, Being Obedient to God. Being Obedient to God. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We will get that scripture up for you. Excuse me. And it just means so much when we have the scriptures before us as well. Amen. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Obedient means to hear intentionally. It means to discern carefully. It means to understand what we have been told to do. We know that. We, we, we learned that very early on when we were young people, when we were children. Being obedient gets us the blessings and the reward in our homes and in our families. Okay? But the backhand of the blessing for not being obedient to the things of God is you received none of those rewards. But you know what, people of God? And here's the thing that I think all of us, and I want to impress upon all of us on this morning, it is this, that no one, no one can walk with God without obedience. It takes obedience to walk with God in addition to faith. It is here in Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 through verses 9 in the King James. But Noah found grace. You underline that word grace, if you will. In the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And the Bible says, and Noah walked with God. He found grace. He was a just man and perfect in his generations. Grace. This is the first mention here of the word grace in the entire Bible. Grace is the kindness and the favor of God. To be just means to be lawful and righteous. And as we all know, because that is something that all of us, this next word, perfect means without blemish, and it means to be full of integrity. People of God, amen. We have been given grace. We're not? Hallelujah. But we are also striving for perfection in every area of our lives. We all want to be without blemish. We all want to be without spot. We want to be those, if nobody else is full of it, but we want to be full of integrity. 
There is a lack of integrity in, in, in people who are honorable in this earth today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, meaning the reverential fear of God, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Yes. Amen. Receiving righteousness by faith, that's a whole nother message in itself. The Message Bible translation. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. <laughs> he was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. Doesn't that sound very simplistic in itself? You act by faith on the things that you don't see, okay? And then you act on what you have been told. So what is the result of, all right, believing those things that you can't see and acting on what you were told, the result of that is, watch this, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of this unbelieving world and the rightness of believing, and the rightness of world believing or believing the world. And as a result of that, Noah became intimate with God. There is nothing like intimacy with God, being able to come to him with all of your situations and circumstances and knowing that his arms are just so wide open for all of us, amen. And we can receive that comfort and that blessed assurance that he's right there with us and he will never leave us and he will never forsake us, amen. You know one thing, people of God, and perhaps in your going out and you're coming in on a daily basis, you have probably observed this next statement which I'm going to make, and that is, it is easy to be religious when religion is in fashion. But it takes faith and integrity to swim against the stream and appear godly when nobody else is willing to do so. Glory be to God, hallelujah. You want me to say that for you again? I mean, I just love that. It's easy to be religious when religion is in fashion, but it there it is. Now you gotta watch. You know you gotta you gotta watch where you place your butt. But it takes faith and integrity to swim against the stream and appear godly when no one else is willing to do so. You may be the only one in your family in your household. Your spouse may not be standing or believing God for anything, but just because your spouse or your family member or whomever else may not be doing it doesn't mean that you have to cave in to their particular desires. You know what God has called you to do, so be obedient to the things that God called you to do. Be that person of integrity. Amen. Hallelujah. So here in verse 9 of Genesis, the Bible says that Noah walked, that means he followed and he traveled with God. 
My question to you on this morning is, who are you running with? How is your faith walk with the Lord? Who, as we used to say back in the day, who's your road buddy? Who's your walkie? Who do you have walking around with you? Just be careful who you hang with. Be careful of who you have as part of your crew. But Noah was different. And because Noah was different, God liked what he saw in Noah. That's why God honored Noah. Because he knew that he was a perfect man, that he was a just man, and that he found grace in, and he found grace in the sight of God. Now, when we back up one particular chapter in Genesis chapter 5, and I believe it's verse 24, it said that Enoch walked with God as well. So my question is, we've talked about Noah. We said that, that Noah found grace in the sight of God and that Enoch walked with God as well. So my question to you is, what does God see when he looks at you? Does he see a willing, humble, obedient servant? One who loves him? One who is willing to do what he has called you to do? One who walks by faith and not by sight? What does God see when he looks at you? And Enoch walked with God, verse 24, and when he was not, God took him. So the Bible says that Enoch walked steadily with God. I believe that's in the Message Bible translation. And then one day he was simply gone because God took him. So now let's back up a little further and go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And let's take a look at Adam. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God, meaning Adam and Eve, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And when Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So then what did Adam and his wife Eve, what did they do? They, in fact, hid themselves from the presence of God because they were disobedient. You know how it is? Have you ever done that when you were a child? I know sometimes when I know I didn't do what I was supposed to do, and mom said, you just wait till dad gets home. You know what? I tried to get myself as skinny as I could get and make myself as invisible as I could get. And I wanted to just go hide and, you know, do whatever, hide under the bed, go hide in a closet, you know, get behind the heater or the furnace, go get in a bathtub, you know, do something just to hide because I knew that I did not do what I was supposed to do, and I knew there were going to be some negative consequences. So one of the things that I learned very early on, even before I knew the scripture, people of God, was the fact that obedience brings the blessing. It is that way in our walk with the Lord, our obedience brings the blessing and not the curse. Hallelujah, yes. Now, being obedient to God is necessary for us if we're going to walk with him. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, in the King James Version. 
Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now this is an important scripture because we have been studying this scripture for quite a while and it does come up in our Wednesday night Bible studies. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. This is what it says in the Philip's New, New Testament translation. It says, you, you, you belong to the power which you choose to obey. Whether you, use, whether you choose sin, whose reward is death, or God, obedience to whom it means the reward of righteousness. Who are you looking to? Who are you walking with? Who are you following after? Who are you walking alongside of? Who are you obeying? Who are you yielding your members to? That of righteousness or that of unrighteousness? To obedience or disobedience? Hallelujah. Psalm 32, verse 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. Deal with that and think about it. The Amplified says, Be not like the horse or the mule which lack understanding, which must have their mouths held firm with a bit and a bridle, or else they will not come with you. This, this message translation is, is, is right on point, I believe. It says, don't be ornery like a horse or mule that needs bit and bridle to stay on track. We don't have any ornery people here. You know, and it's amazing because uh, down through the years, you know, and I'm sure that we have seen and encountered some really ornery saints of God. Everything you said to them was wrong was the wrong thing. Every did for you, everything you did for them was the wrong thing. If you looked at them the wrong way, they were ornery. If you looked at them the, the right way, they were ornery. They were just ornery, 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 ornery people as if they had been baptized in lemon juice. But we won't be ornery. We will stay on track and do the things that the Lord wants us to do. Today's English version of that scripture in Psalm chapter 30, ver 32, verse 9 says, Don't be stupid like a horse or a mule, which must be controlled with a bit and a bridle to make it submit. Decisions of quality become the bits in our mouths, people of God. God has made it possible for us to hear his voice for direction. You've got to get that, 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 that verse Today's English translation. Being able to hear his voice and obey his instructions and respond to his direction, people of God, listen, is absolutely critical to your and all of our success as children of God and as joint heirs with Jesus. Being able to hear his voice and obey, but then being able to respond to what the Lord wants us to do. It's all about our response. 
You know, there's some people you could say something to them, and that's really one of the things that really vexes me. You know, talk to somebody or say something to them, and they just kind of, there's no reaction. I said, did you hear what I said? Well, yeah, yeah, I heard it. Well, act like you heard what I said then. How many times does the Lord have to say that to us throughout the course of the day? You zigged what I told you to zag. And when you zig, takes you off in a whole different direction that you didn't particularly want to go. But are you listening to the voice of God? Are you being obedient to what he has to say to you? Well, here are a couple of ways that you can obey God, people of God. One of those ways is through the written word, which is the Logos word of God. Obey God by getting into his written word. And the second way is through the spoken word of God, which is the rhema word of God, that which is spoken. Exodus chapter 19 Verse 5 in the King James Version says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Now when we say some things today, we say, isn't that peculiar? Or don't you think that person's a little peculiar, meaning a little strange? But the Bible definition of being peculiar means to be a special jewel. Special Julie. Peculiar to God. Special Latoya. Special Kim. Special Davida. Special Dennis. Special Mary. Special Dave. Special Chrissy. Special. Sandra, special Casey, special door. All of us, I'm going on here, I'd be calling multiple, multitudes of names on this morning, so those are just a few. You are peculiar, you are his special jewel. We know because in our Bible studies and in, our, in, our, uh, in the ministry, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through verses 14. You don't specifically have to turn there, but it tells us, again, that obedience brings the blessing. Now, in this particular uh, book of Deuteronomy, God promised Israel blessings in all areas of their lives. He said he would bless them in the city. He said he blessed them in a the farm. He said he blessed them with cattle coming in. He blessed them in their going out. He said he would bless them in everything that they set their hand to do. And in addition to that, one of the other benefits of being obedient to what God wanted them to do, he promised to defeat their enemies and to establish them in the land as a holy people. Yes. And then he said to them that he would make them the leading nation in the earth and that they would be his instrument of blessing to all the world. And if you know anything about the nation of Israel and, and the Jewish people, you know that they are leading instruments in the earth and that they are instruments of blessing people throughout the world. And I'm thankful for that, people of God. But then he said this. He said, but only if they obeyed his covenant as a nation. There's always a but. And God put that but in the right place. So we today have all the blessings that we need in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, people of God? Why is that so? Because of his 
Here it is again, this word again, because of his grace. Don't be full of pride. Say, well, everything that I have that we talked about on last week, it's because of who I am. I know I'm the bomb. I know I'm all of that. You know, I did this on my own. Nobody else was instrumental in doing any of those things, but it is because of God's grace. I heard that to a degree this morning by saying it is because of God's grace that all of us are here today. Amen, people of God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23 in the Message Bible says this. Obey me. Do what I say. And I will be your God. And you will be my people. Glory be to God. Live the way I tell you to. Do what I command so that your lives will go well. We want our lives to go well, do we not? Well, then we have to obey the Lord. We have to live the way that he tells us to live. I can remember in my youth being in summer camp, and I love summer camp, uh, you know, going away to summer camp with the Boy Scouts for two weeks, and we'd have all the kids and, you know, all, 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 the, all the guys from the neighborhood that were in the Scouts with us, and we'd go away, no mom and no dad, and, you know, but we had adult supervision and all of those things. It was just such a wonderful time. You get out there in nature in the woods, you didn't have to brush your teeth, you didn't have to wash, you didn't have to change your underwear, you didn't have to do any of that stuff. You know, you just run through, get all muddy, wear the same clothes for two weeks straight, you know, do all that kind of stuff. You know, you could, you could, you could burp and pick your nose and, you know, all some of those other uh, unsanitary things you could do without any retribution and all of that. And the great thing about it was we didn't have, we didn't have mom or dad there to, that we would have to obey them. We just kind of did what we did, but we did have adult supervision. And so at summer camp, <laughs> we used to play this game in which we would blindfold one of the kids and have them to rely on a friend for verbal directions and how to navigate. And we blindfold, you know, one of the, a willing participant who would consent to be blindfolded. And we get them and we say, you know, now we're out in the woods now, remember the surroundings that we're in. We got woods, we got creeks, you know, there's big, big lake out there, there are all kinds of trees and you know, there's mountains and, and all kinds of other things, and we'd, sh we, we, we'd shout out and we'd say, turn left, a tree's coming. And the person would be walking and, you know, we'd, we'd, they would blindfold and then we'd say, watch out, there's a log in front of you, jump, jump over the log. That was for the kid that would obey the directions of the commands that we were giving. But as always, some kids wouldn't trust the verbal directions that we were trying to give them. And they would just shuffle their feet and they would walk real slow, even though us, their friends, were shouting at them, telling them which way to go and which way was clear. But then there was another bunch of kids who, who they would just trot along and a few of them would go like gangbusters. Like even before there was an Energizer Bunny, they would just get out there and do whatever. They'd go like gangbusters. And all the kids, even when I had the blindfold on, I fought that urge or that fear to tear off that blindfold. You ever had a blindfold on? Uh-huh. 
and as soon as they put it on you, what's the first thing you wanted to do? You wanted to tear that thing off. And so all of some of those other kids, they fought that urge and that fear to tear off that blindfold so that they could see what was ahead of them. It takes a great deal of courage, people of God, to follow another person's lead. And you know what? Even at times, even born-again believers in Christ Jesus can feel like blindfolded children. Following Jesus on our part demands an enormous amount of faith in obedience and trust and even courage. And I know that sometimes following him and his directions for our lives can sound very illogical. They can sound irrational or, or even countercultural. And sometimes I know from personal experience that the Lord is just challenging us, and I'm tempted to say, well, no. I think I want to play this one safe. How many times has it been in your life when the Lord has said something to you and you said, well, thank you very much, Lord, but I believe I'll sit this one out. But then even in those challenging times when I wanted to rip that blindfold of faith off, there would be a voice inside of me saying, Psst, where's your courage? I'm saying to you today, where's your courage, people of God? Remember the scripture that we just read in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23 in the message? Obey me. Do what I say, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Live the way I tell you. Do what I command so that your lives will go well. People of God. Continue your walk in your journey with the Lord. One thing in this life that you can do is have faith and trust in the Lord. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, with just such a powerful scripture on this morning. Amen. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, and you and all this people into the land which I am giving them, the Israelites. In every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you as I promised Moses. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Here's the charge to all of us people of God. Let us be obedient to this charge. Be strong and confident and of a good courage. Said if we are strong and confident and obedient to the Lord, hallelujah, we will inherit the land which I swore your fathers to give them. And again, only be strong and very courageous that ye may do according to all the law 
which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Be obedient to the Lord. Live a courageous life. Walk with the Lord. Be careful who you follow. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Obedience. Better than sacrifice. This is what I'd like you to do in your own private meditation time. Identify an area in your life where you have trouble obeying and trusting God. And then pray for the courage to follow through and to follow God's leadings and walk with him in confidence. That's your challenge on this week. Do that in meditation time. I'm going to say it to you again. Identify an area where you have trouble obeying and trusting God. And then pray for the courage to follow God's leadings. And then walk with him in confidence. Can you do that on this week? I'm sure there's some areas in all of our lives where we can, as Many of the former saints of God said, would say, come up a little higher. All of us can just come up a little higher. We can all do better. Wonderful and as great as we're doing, we can all do a little better. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search our Wolf C in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.